Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1 on LMFM. LMFM. It's our first word foolery of the year. It's the time of the month where we find out more about the weird and wonderful origin stories behind words. Some of which we use all the time and some are just so fun to say like phantasmagoria. Love it. Author Grace Tooney, our etymology enthusiast is with us and we are discussing a lot more words than just phantasmagoria. How are you doing Grace? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. I'm doing very well. Uh, It's always good to be back talking about words, including the ones that are fun to say. Yes, and I want to kick it off with a wonderful word like phantasmagoria. It has something to do with phantoms and ghosts, isn't it? You're on the right kind of track, but isn't it a fun word to say? You can kind of just drop it into conversation and watch people go, ooh, impressive. (laughs) Um, Always good to have a few of those up your sleeve. So a phantasmagoria is a confusing or strange scene that is a bit like a dream because it's always changing in odd ways. You know, you're in a dream and then suddenly it turns into something else. Yes. That's a phantasmagoria. It can also be used for a collection of bizarre items, if you have such a thing, or an exhibition of optical illusions. kind of where we got the word from. So a phantasmagoria was originally a form of theatre which used magic lanterns. Hopefully people kind of have an idea of what those are because they're hard to explain in the radio. But they were invented by a Belgian physicist called Etienne Gaspard Robert in the late 1700s. So he would project images mainly of ghosts and demons and skeletons, so you were on the right track there, onto screens or sometimes onto a a cloud of smoke, which would be quite spooky. I quite like the idea of that. And he would make them move or change size by changing the projector, like focusing in and out. He also included sound effects with his shows and they were hugely popular during the 1800s in England. Kind of an early form of a sci-fi or horror movie before we had proper moving pictures. Um, so phantasmagoria entered the language in 1802 from the French word phantasmagorie, uh, which combines the old French word phantasme, uh, or fantasy, and the Greek ending agoria, which means assembly. So basically a phantasmagoria is a gathering of fantasies. Love it, love it. So, you know, you could drop it into a sentence, as you say, you know, when someone goes, listen, you're looking a bit peaky there, you're a bit tired. Ah, I was up all night with phantasmagorias. <laughs> Well, it would confuse your boss. It would yes. be an interesting excuse on a sick note. <laughs> yes, yes. He'll he'll move swiftly on. He'll be like, I don't even want to go there with that. Love it. Uh, and uh, this now, I'm I'm very surprised, okay? I didn't think that you would be a Steven Seagal fan, but we have the word Glimmerman here on our list today. And people will know Glimmerman is a Steven Seagal movie. 
I had to look up that movie, so that will tell you it has nothing to do with Stephen Seagal. <laughs> but, you know, there might be a tenuous link, but it's very tenuous. Um, I actually started onto this one from the perspective of Glimmer, so I'm going to explain that first. Yes. To kind of in. So Glimmer was just on my mind because I always light lots of candles in January. I yeah. don't like how dark and cold January can be, and it cheers me up to light candles in the evening. So they obviously, they flicker and you get a little glimmer of candlelight. And I went, oh, glimmer, what does that mean? So it's one of those fun words that has actually changed meaning completely over oh, time. Nice. Okay. I love when words do this. I have no idea why, but it did. So it's been a noun since the late 1500s, quite an old uh, English word. And it meant uh, or means a faint or wavering light, like from a candle. However, it's drawn from glimmer, the verb, which is actually older. In the early 1500s, to glimmer was to shine dimly. But in the late 1400s, so just a few decades earlier, when it first arrived in English, it meant to shine brightly. So it went from really bright to, oh, really dim, (laughs) which I think is bizarre. How did that happen? Yeah, but it's kind of right for a candle because you know, right? Sometimes yeah. they can actually, you know, they do that. So yes, I think that's they kind of, of yes, I know what you're saying. They kind of in this flickering motion, it can be a big burst of light for a second, and then it can go back to being faint again. I understand. Yes, exactly. Yes, thank you. You explain that much better than me. <laughs> um, so glimmer, we get uh, into English either via Middle Dutch glimmen or Middle Low German glimmerin both of which come from a root word, glim, which also gives us gleam and gleaming. So it is basically a Germanic root word. Um, so now that we know about glimmer, what's a glimmer man? So mm. obviously you associate with lovely Steven Seagal. Action, you know what I mean? CIA, he's, he's CIA <laughs> character. He was called the glimmer man because he was so stealthy in the jungle. He was, he yeah. would only get a glimpse, a little glimmer of him before death, which is quite grim. Um now, that's slightly war-associated, and so is the Glimmer Man I'm going to talk about, but that's the only link I can come up with. <laughs> Glimmer Man's actually a fun one. I, I've been reading dictionaries, because that's how sad I actually am, and I've been reading uh, one about Hiberno-English. So Hiberno-English is the particular variety of English that we speak in Ireland, which has adopted many words and grammatical structures directly from the Irish language over the centuries. It also retains a few old English words which aren't used in in mainstream English anymore but are still used here so I've been reading up on this and I came across Glimmerman in that so I have to give credit and fairness to that dictionary um, so a Glimmerman is defined as a Dublin gas company inspector during World War II the emergency wow. who invest, investigated contraventions of the rationing regulations now I personally had never heard of this but I'm guessing some of your listeners probably have the reason you won't find Glimmerman in British dictionaries is because they didn't ration gas during the war, but they did ration petrol. So it was really only something that was done in Ireland. Um, so the glimmer in that case was the minimal flame that could be obtained illegally and extremely dangerously from the residual gas in the system after it was turned off. And there were two or three Glimmermen who were, I don't think, particularly popular with the population. No. They were employed, they covered all of Dublin City and they could enter any premises and disconnect them from the gas supply if they discovered that they were cheating the gas rationing. Wow. I can imagine Stephen Seagal doing that. Do you know what I mean? If he was around then, there'd be nobody <laughs> doing that. I'd be terrified if he arrived in. I'd be even more scared. Oh, that's wonderful. What a great yeah. description for that word. Yes, absolutely. That's fascinating. Well, I couldn't resist putting it in because I have a slight family connection to the Dublin Gas Company. So it was founded in 1824, closed in 2006. 
And during that time period, uh, three generations of my family had different roles, but that none of them were glamour men. But they did work for the Dublin Gas Company. So kind of when I found it, I was like, ah, I have to use that one. That is fantastic. So now, you know, not only when you're watching a Steven Seagal movie, you can throw in that little bit of a tidbit information there, you know. Uh, I'm getting a message here actually on 86 Yeah, Glimmer Man was the man that went around and lit the gas street lights, says Christine Kenny in Trim. Thank you so much for that, Christine. Uh, people do remember this. Uh, so interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to look at Steven Seagal in the same way. I'm really not. Um, <laughs> Moving on, before, uh, by the way, before we go to our next word, just to remind people, fulfillment, we're asking you, does it mean disorder- disordered legal papers? Does it mean a method for stacking a wood pile? Or does it mean an excess of layers? 086-1800-658, keep them coming in. Before we get to that, jog purse, really difficult to spell, by the way, <laughs> the word yeah. jog purse. Uh, but aren't they just uh, trousers for people who go horse riding? They absolutely are, yeah. but there's a fun story behind them, which is why they get in. Also, we don't have that many words in English which come from Asia, and this is one of them. So I, I quite like when they come from different sources. Yeah. Um, so they entered English in 1899 as Jodhpur riding breeches. So yes, they're absolutely what you're thinking of, those kind of tacky coloured trousers, tight at the legs, baggy at the, the hips. Um, and they're technically both a toponym and an eponym. So they're a word which is named after a place like uh, Paisley or Turkey, but they're also named for a person uh, like Casanova or a boycott or Montessori because they're named after the city of Jodhpur in northwestern India. Um, nowadays, it's the second largest city in Rajasthan. I think that's how that's said. Um, but it was historically the capital of the kingdom of Marwar. It was founded in 1459, goes fair way back, by Rao... Joda, and that's how we get the first part of the word is his surname. He was a clan chief who founded the kingdom and the city, and ultimately the trousers and the city are both named after him. So tight-fitting pants already described. They originate in the city around the 1890s, and they were based on a traditional Indian style of trousers called a churidar, which are tight at the calf, baggy at the hips, and they're still worn uh, locally and to weddings, apparently. That's the thing that you wear. Um, but it got into English thanks to Sir Pratap Singh, who was the younger son of the Maharaja of Jodhpur. He altered the traditional design a little bit, just tweaked it a bit, and he wore it for playing polo. So he visited Queen Victoria in 1897 for her Diamond Jubilee celebrations. He brought his entire polo team and presumably the horses with him. So it was quite the journey. And they wore their lovely new trousers. Mm. They also won pretty much every game they played. Ah, I can see where this is going, yeah. (laughs) The British polo community went, aha, we like their trousers. And all of a sudden, Savile Row tailors were now creating job purse for their clientele. I love it. So interesting. That is fascinating. It really is. Uh, this came in in the middle of you talking there uh, to the word fulfillment on 86 658 Who is this? Sean Lennon. Sean Lennon thinks it's belly button fluff. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> it's not belly button fluff, but we love where your mind's going with this one. Okay, we oh, need to we need to put suggestion. people out of their, their misery. Um, somebody is kind of saying that they, uh, a lot of people are going for A like me, but I think, I, I don't know, we could be wrong. Somebody's saying here, C sounds like it could be right too, as in I had a fulfillment of clothes on, meaning a whole load of clothes. <laughs> what does fulfillment mean? I wish that it meant it was a description of Boris Johnson. That was a great one, Hillary. Fantastic. 
sadly it is not Boris and uh, yeah no you're, you've all gone fairly off track unfortunately okay. um, but it, it's it's an awkward one because you won't find it in the dictionary because it's quite an old dialect word from Yorkshire so unless one of your listeners had connections they probably weren't going to get it okay um, so it actually means to wear too many layers of clothing. Hey! And I thought it was, I thought it was perfect because January can be quite cold. You, know? uh, you okay, see, I wasn't even tying into the January thing. Ah, oh, yeah. Jamie did kind of change his answer there. Uh, he said, I think it could be C. So we'll give it to Jamie there. Fair play. So it does mean wearing a load of clothes. Yeah, so my the mental image you need is that episode of Friends where <laughs> Joey dresses up in all of Chandler's clothes to annoy him. That's what we're going for, yeah. <laughs> Joey had a fufflement of clothing on him. Yes. Lovely. So is that the only way we can use it? It literally just has that one meaning. And as you say, it's not yeah. really used anymore. It's just that way. Um, it originates back to a Scottish verb for uh, fuffle, which also gives us kerfuffle, um, yes. which just means to disorder or dishevel. So basically you've thrown on all your clothes to keep warm and you look a bit raggedy. But yeah, that's that's the fufflement. Love it. Grace, as always, thank you so, so much for joining us for a highly entertaining word foolery. We'll talk to you next month. That'd be great. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Author Grace Tierney there. Brilliant. Brilliant word foolery. If you want to find out more about Grace and what she does, she has a numerous amount of books as well. Wordfoolery.wordpress.com 11 to 1 on LMFM When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.